Today on The Journey, Pastor Steve DeWitt shares a lesson on the parable of the Minas. Hey, it's great to have Minas, okay? Man, I love the Minas. But there is a responsibility that comes with having the Minas, and that is to multiply them. It's the king's Mina, and the king expects to return. It's not your Mina, it's not my Mina, it's not Bethel Church's Mina. It's the Lord's Mina. And the Lord expects his Mina to multiply disciples. When it comes to freely spending on our passions, it happens easy, doesn't it? However, when it pertains to returning to God what's rightfully His, how generous are we? Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, Senior Pastor and Bible Teacher at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. Today, Pastor Steve shares a lesson on how to be diligent and faithful with our talents while we await the Lord's return. It's the conclusion of a message called Steward Everything, and you can listen online at thejourney.fm. But now, here's Pastor Steve DeWitt. Is there a spirit of good and plenty perhaps evident in your life, especially if you've walked with Jesus for very long, where you sort of, I've served him good enough. I've served him plenty. Or are you ready for more? Are you ready for better? And these two basic approaches to life and ministry are displayed in a parable that Jesus told that is called the parable of the minas in Luke 19. Look at verse 12. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling 10 of his servants, he gave them 10 minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. So the nobleman gives each servant one mina and he gives them a command. Use the mina and engage in business until I return. Verse 15, when he returned, this is now the nobleman who has been made king, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made 10 minas more. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little, you shall have authority over 10 cities. And so the first guy takes the mina, and we don't know how he did it, but he turned that one mina into 10 more. Why was he good? He used the time and the mina to produce profit for the king. He worked hard. He invested wisely. He stewarded that mina, and he increased the value for the king. And then you see the generosity of the king, and don't miss this. He doesn't say, well, hey, that's great. Just put it over here and be on your way. No, he says, you have been faithful in a little. A mina, comparatively speaking, is a little. And based on your faithfulness in the little that I have given you, I now am going to give you much. The second follows the same pattern. You notice that. His is a 500% return. Okay, that's still pretty impressive. He turns the one into, into six, and he gets five cities, okay? So we come now to the third guy, verse 20. Then another came saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. 
He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. Notice that, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank and at coming I might have collected it with interest? Now, listen, the power of the parable is that the king has expectations for his servants. And the final servant here discovers that he was incredibly unwise to take the mina and do nothing with it. Well, here now is the, the dramatic turn, verse 24. And he said to those who stood by, take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. Okay? And Jesus adds the comment now, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. This is a serious word from the Son of God, and it is a warning about his expectations upon us regarding what we do with the mina that God gives to us. So who's the king? Who's the king? The king is Jesus. Who are the servants? Us, disciples of Jesus. And what is the mina? The mina is the responsibility that we have to steward whatever God has given to us, okay, which is everything. Think of all of the blessings that in this room we experience, that we have the resources, the people that have invested in us, the opportunities, time, relationships, all of these things that we so easily take for granted, do we realize from Jesus' perspective, now is the time for productivity. Now is the time for the church to give itself with intention to multiply disciples. Do we realize that we will give an account to Jesus for how we did that. And in that accounting, there are some that are gonna be on the more and better side, and there are some that are gonna be on the good and plenty side. I just wanna note three aspects to this parable that are true for every mina that God gives to us. All of them are opportunities, okay? The servants had a mina. They all had an equal mina. Every one of them had the same opportunity, and our opportunities aren't minas necessarily. They are God's providences, God's provisions, God's resources. All of these are things that God expects us to use to bring him glory, to make the most of our life, to invest as much as we can in the kingdom of God. This is churches. This is homes. This is years, minutes, and seconds. This is big and small things in our life. And what an incredible privilege it is to be a servant of the king. And to realize everything we have, he has given to us. And how good he has been to us. But if we stop there and just sort of see these things as like my possessions, my gifts from Jesus, where's my handkerchief so I can hide it, we are failing to realize he's not giving them to us simply for us to enjoy, but to use, okay? To use for the goal of discipleship multiplication, fulfilling the great commission. 
That is the responsibility, which is the second aspect that every miner represents, is that there is a responsibility. Okay, hey, it's great to have minas. Okay, man, I love the minas. But there is a responsibility that comes with having the minas, and that is to multiply them. It's the king's mina, and the king expects a return. It's not your mina, it's not my mina, it's not Bethel Church's mina, it's the Lord's mina. And the Lord expects his mina to multiply disciples. And there will be accountability, which is the third aspect here. There will be accountability for what we do. Here's 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due, what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. The judgment seat of Christ, the bema seat of Christ. We would all do better to think about this more than we do, don't you think? Every day to think, this is a day that I will give an account for. For me to think right now, this is a sermon that I will give an account for. How should I preach? How should I pastor? Everything I got, as best I can, for the king. And the same for you. To realize that Jesus is going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? At this point in your life, what is that, how, how does that answer look? Are you ready to give an answer, to give an account for your life to Jesus? We all are going to do it. How did you invest what I gave you? How did you use what I gave you? And this is the danger, I think, with the, with the third servant, or what I'm calling the good and plenty approach, which is to view the mina as a possession instead of as a gift, okay? This is mine, and I get to use it the way that I want. No, this is the king's. We have to use it in the way that he wants. And I say that because I want to apply it to an area that over the years I have found to be the most inflammatory. Because I could talk about time, and I can talk about gifts, All day long, nobody cares. But when I talk about money, all of a sudden, everybody cares. Is it a coincidence that mina and money almost sound the same? I don't know. I just note that. (laughs) Okay? The parable of the money, I mean the minas. The minas. And it, it does apply to everything. But it most easily applies to money because the story itself is about finances. And what we do with what God has given to us. Here's what Matthew, just what Jesus says in Matthew along this line regarding faithfulness with the provisions that God gives to us. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If you then have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Part of the point that Jesus is making there is that faithfulness with money is a true indicator of character. It indicates what we really value in our hearts and in our lives. 
How do you know which of the three servants the faithful one was? Here's another way to look at this. How do you know which of them was faithful? Well, the answer is easy, right? The ones that faithfully handled the king's mina. And the one that didn't obviously was unfaithful and wicked in the story. What they did with the king's money revealed their true character. And again, I started this message by saying, I, I want to prepare you for eternity. And you and I are both going to give an account of our lives and our mina to the king. And I want to ask today, if your character was evaluated based on how you handle the king's money, which servant do you most resemble? It's a little window, okay? It's a little window. And again, the story is that there's reward for those that are faithful with little. It's not all the negative. It's, there's this amazing opportunity that we have that when we are, show ourselves faithful with the little things that God gives to us, now he is free to grant to us greater responsibility. If someone mishandles money, though, it's also a little window into a character issue. How can somebody that mishandles money, or what uh, he calls here unrighteous wealth, how can you be entrusted with really important things like gospel ministry and leadership and spiritual responsibility? And we see in the story here that that future responsibility was based on what somebody did with the smaller one. This is David and his, and his sheep before God gives him a kingdom and so many other examples like that. Daniel and others where they were faithful when they were small and little and the little that God had given, they were faithful with that and God said, that's the character that I can grant really significant things to. If you long for your life to matter, to have significant spiritual things that are tied to your life, could it be that you are, God is not granted you that because you haven't been faithful with what God has already given you. I don't have time for the story, but I just feel compelled to tell it. I learned this lesson so powerfully in my life. In my early years of ministry, I was a youth pastor. I had a little small uh, youth group. By the standards of our youth group here, it was a Bible study, but that was my youth group. But I was aspiring to other things, and I wanted God to do big things in my life. And I never forget, I went in to talk with, uh, with my pastor about it. And I just said, you know, it just something's not clicking, something's not right. And I'll never forget, it was a Holy Spirit moment when he said to me, he said, Steve, you gotta be faithful with what God's already given you. And he said, what if David would have said, oh, these few small sheep. And God used that, it was like, like this. I mean, it just pierced me to the core. And I realized, rather than having my eyes on the lofty things of the future, I needed to be faithful in what God had given me those few small teenagers, and that's what I did. And it was just a couple years later, this church from Northwest Indiana called, hey, you want to be our senior pastor? Would that call have come if I had not been faithful with the few small sheep? And what about in your life? Do you aspire to great things for God? You don't want to waste your life. But your eyes are always on the future and the lofty thing rather than being faithful with the thing, that, the mina that God has given you today. Now, my time is fleeting because I told that story. <laughs> so what does it look like? How can I be faithful with God's money? And uh, the simple answer is by giving it away. We're talking about using the money that God has given us to invest it in kingdom work that is producing fruit. Okay? By producing fruit. 
And when I talk about this, I, I, I can get asked, well, Steve, be practical, because it's so easy to sort of talk in generalities, everybody leaves, they don't know what to do. Be practical with what you're talking about. So let's assume that you and I, you're a brand new Christian. You don't know anything, and you're like, I want to honor God with my money, tell me what to do. Here is training wheels approach, okay, to Christians and money. And so here's a practical guide. Here's what I would say. Well, I would give 10%. Give 10% to the Lord's work right off the top. I would save 10%. And then I would live on the 80. Now, why do I say that? Well, because giving away cultivates generosity. And generosity is one of the basis of God's rewards is when we are generous. Saving 10% is just smart, wise living, and we should be doing it. I encourage all of you to do it. And living off of less than we have and less than we make cultivates contentment, which is also a high virtue in the eyes of God. Now, I've put this same thing up, I don't know how many times over the years, and I hesitate to do it because everybody focuses in on this. Nobody comes up to me and says, now let's talk about that saving part. Or let's talk about that contentment part. No, they want to talk about this one right here. And many people look at that and say, there's the end goal. And I don't know what God has called you to give. I would want you to view that as a starting point. If you've walked with Jesus for some time, I hope that looks different than, I hope your thing looks different than that. But if you're a new Christian and you're just getting started, there's a great place to start. Here's the principle. Give as much as you will be glad that you gave when the king gives you rewards. I'm trying to get you ready for eternity, right? Someday, give whatever you'll be glad you did someday when you stand before the Lord and he is giving you those rewards. You think the 10 mina guy, after he gets the 10 cities, is like, oh man, I should have scaled back. No, he's like, fantastic! I'm so glad that I was faithful during that time. I had no idea how generous he was going to be. How many people in eternity are going to be exactly like that? Wow, I had no idea how generous he was going to be. I'm so glad that I did that. And how many people are going to look back with tremendous regret at the handkerchief life and the good and plenty life that they lived? If only I would have realized. If only somebody would have told me. I'm telling you right now, Live, give, invest your life in a way that you'll be glad that you did when the king is giving his rewards. Okay? So that means now, right? Now is the time to do all that you can. Now, the last thing I gotta say because I'm out of time. I just want to talk about the mina and more and better. Now, this is God's truth. It can be talked about at any time and it's completely relevant. It's particularly relevant right now in the story of our church. The king here criticizes the unfaithful servant for failing to steward the potential of the one mina. Okay, he didn't lose the mina. That'd be even worse, right? Like, oh, I don't know where it went. He didn't lose the mina. He says, hey, here's the mina you gave me. I'm giving it to you back. He still says, you're a wicked servant because you didn't steward the potential that that mina had. Which brings us to more and better and good and plenty. And that's why more and better isn't merely a slogan. It's a vision of life. I can say this. I could go to our Verge youth group and say, young people, don't waste your life. 
You're 16 years old. Do you realize the potential your mina has right now? Don't waste it. Use it serving the king. And all the older people that I see here in front of me right now, I can say to you, you're not dead yet. You got a mina that right now can do something. Do something with it. Someday you'll be glad that you did. And over the years, as we shared last week, God has given us so much mina around here. I mean, we are blessed by nearly any comparison. We are blessed by the the mina that we have here, the people, the talents, the, the heart, the giftings by the Holy Spirit, natural gifts, and yes, money as well. We are so very blessed. And we could say, hey, let's just take all of that and put it in the handkerchief. And this is a way for Jesus to come back. We'll be good. It's safe that way. But while it's there in the handkerchief, it's not working. It's not producing. It's not bearing fruit. It's not reaching anybody. And what is lost is all that could have been done for the king if we would have been willing to go for it. And so last week we stand up and we say, hey, how about a Chinese-speaking Bethel church? And you're all like, oh, that's sort of interesting. You know, Chinese-speaking, who would have thought of that? I didn't expect to hear that when I came to church today. Why do we do that? More and better. Is it going to work? I have no idea. But let's just try. Right? Let's try. I don't think there's condemnation from Jesus for trying things. Right? Let's just try it. Let's see what God might do. Who knows who might be reached because this church tried a Chinese thing. So we're, not, we're saying, let's just not, let's like throw the handkerchief away. Let's pretend we don't even have a handkerchief. And let's go for it. Okay? More. More. Better. We want more. Okay? We want more. And that holy dissatisfaction with where we are that sees a generous king waiting to reward faithfulness and stewardship today. He is no Archelaus. He is the king who loves us. He is the king who died for us. He is the king who can't wait for the judgment seat to lavish us with cities, with rewards, with blessing, and calls us to strive and to steward every day, every dollar, every opportunity, every cracked door, every little way that we possibly can to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, to see sinners come to faith. Man, it's living for Christ and living for Jesus. And to multiply all these minas in obedience, yes, but with joy and with passion and with love for our Savior because we want his fame to be great and his name to be lifted high in all the world more and better for the king all glory be to him amen yes amen you're listening to the journey with steve dewitt and the conclusion of a message titled steward everything if you missed the first part of this message remember you can always replay your favorite lesson online at thejourney.fm just click on the Current Series tab. While you're on our website, you'll also find practical articles written by Pastor Steve just for you. You'll receive biblical insight on a variety of topics like faith, family, finances, and much more. Again, you'll find them at thejourney.fm. Well, here at The Journey, our aim is to guide you in your life journey towards the unwavering and immutable truth found in God's Word. That's why each day on the radio and internet, 
We take our listeners into the depths of Scripture while making the truths easy to understand and applicable to daily life. But as a listener-supported program, none of this would be possible without you. The journey relies in part on financial gifts of generous friends just like you. That allows us to share the truth of the gospel to listeners all around the country. So would you join hands with this mission today? You can call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or give online at thejourney.fm. And when you give today, we'll say thank you by sending you a book by best-selling author Randy Alcorn. It's called The Treasure Principle. And in it, Alcorn helps unlock the secret of joyful giving. If you desire a fuller and satisfying life, discover how the joy of giving can make your life richer starting today. Request your copy of The Treasure Principle by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. Well, I'm Tim Svoboda. Glad to have you with us today. Be sure to join us tomorrow when Pastor Steve shares a message explaining why the gospel fuels generosity. That'll be Wednesday on The Journey with Steve DeWitt. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.